Visit the Ford Fan Zone on Level 6 at your next Utah Jazz game. There are free pop shot games, cornhole, and foosball tables. Enjoy incredible city mountain views while relaxing, enjoying food and drink, taking in the game, and socializing with friends. All right, PK, question of the day, part two, as we mull over a disastrous weekend for local teams not named Utah State football. (laughs) We talked about the Cougars' bowl loss earlier, and the Jazz doubled down, getting defeated Friday and Saturday, first by the Spurs, then by the Wizards. The Jazz have lost to some of the worst teams in the NBA. I mean, it's one thing to lose home games, and they're 10-6 and six at home, and that is not good, that is not impressive, that is not up to standard, up to snuff. Whatever goal you set for them, that has got to be below it. They're not trending in the right direction. 10-3 and three on the road, very impressive. Elite, top of the line. But for whatever reason, it is not translating at home. And the losses, I mean, losing to the Pelicans, who are... 14th in the West, the Spurs, who are 12th in the West, uh, the Pacers, who are 13th in the East. I mean, they've, they have lost to some bad basketball teams at home. Yeah, they have. I don't know that I'd put Washington in that category. I do although, not. But They're 500. They, Washington's 500. They have 500. lost 8 out of 9. I know. <laughs> they were at one point, because I was doing the pregame and half uh, halftime and post with uh, mm-hmm. Jake Scott, Tim McComb was doing the BYU-Weber game, so I pinch hit. And... You know, at one point, I think they were like uh, 14 and 8, something along those lines. We had obviously looked it up. And that's not bad, particularly where they were. And then they went on this streak. They lost 8 of 9. I did say going in this game, this game worries me because Bradley Beal, last year, you know, I think he'd averaged like 30. This year, he'd only been averaging 22. I said, he is as capable as anybody out there for going for 40. And I said that in the pregame. Now, I was wrong. He didn't go for 40. He went for 37. (laughs) But we know he's an elite scorer, right? Uh, He's sort of uh, the Eastern Conference's version of Damian Lillard. In that way, right? He can go off any given game and no one's going to bat an eyelash. And he did. And so I was concerned about that game because that's a dangerous team. The thing about the Jazz, as I was thinking about this watching the game on Saturday, is that there's halfway decent teams out there, the Wizards being one of them. And they're looking for a spark, right? Because I think the Wizards in the East have a shot to be a playoff team. And they need something. When you're in a bad streak, you need a spark. You need some type of foundation that say, okay, this is the thing that spurred us on. What better way to have something spur you on than beating an elite team, at least they're considered an elite team, like the Jazz on their home floor? Or if you're like the Spurs, you're going nowhere this year, right? You just aren't. The Pelicans are going nowhere this year. Well, what better way to get some more oomph into your season by then going out on the road and beating a top team? And that's where the Jazz are. They're no longer a story like, oh, can they get the best record this year? It's sort of like last year. I don't want to say they came out of nowhere, but we didn't know they were going to get the best record, and they did, and they got three All-Stars. All that stuff piles on in terms of people are pointing at you now. They want to beat you. They want to jumpstart their season, and because it's still early enough, like the, the Wizards. They can jumpstart their season. They lost 8 out of 9. Who's to say they can't win at 8 out of 9, you know, and get comfortably, firmly in the playoff race? The point I'm making here is... 
the Jazz have got to be on their game far more than they're doing it, particularly at home. They just have to, man. You look at that game Friday night, man. What were they up 17 in the second half? Mm-hmm. And then they lose. And credit the Spurs. You know, when Walker made was dribbling, it was looking like he was going to take on Gobert. And I was saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. Sure enough, he makes the shot. Jazz got to find themselves in a position to not come down to the final minute or so because teams get amped to beat these guys. And they got to start matching their energy and intensity because they're the hunted. They're no longer the huntee. Or are they the hunty and no longer the hunted? I don't know how that how that works. Help me out. They're the they hunted. are the hunted. Yeah. Not the hunty. No one actually uses that word unless you're trying to be clever and make a point. Well, I was trying to be clever and make a point. Did I fail? <laughs> you never failed, PK. It's <laughs> a long string of wins. <laughs> but take the other point I, that I was making. So you th- see some validity to it? Okay, I feel like we've had this discussion before, but I'm in some bizarro upside down world here. What was that? What was that? Uh, Stranger Things. You ever see that Netflix stuff? Uh, the supernatural and there's a parallel universe. I can't afford Netflix. <laughs> Good one. I don't have Netflix. <laughs> That's because you've got cable and satellite. Come on, man. Start adding some streaming services. Let's get this video bill well, up over 400 bucks a month. Come oh on. Let's gosh, go. Yeah, Come wow. on, PK. Come I got to get I gotta get Disney Plus, though. <laughs> See, that's it. The reason I got to watch that Beatles uh, eight-part sh- documentary. Make sure you get the bundle <clears throat> if you do it, though. And that's why they do it, Dan. This is how, this is how they I'm do, gonna it. do it. I'm going to do it. I was at someone, someone's house Friday night celebrating my birthday who is a little more affluent than us. And it's like after, <laughs> after the jazz game, he's, you got to watch this. And I, I said, "How about you have me over to watch it?" <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I'm talking about Monson. And I told, I told him, I said, "If you start this, it's like 9:30 because it was after the jazz game because we went out to eat." And I said, "If you start this, I'm going to be here till four in the morning because <laughs> I'm not going to want to turn it off." It's true. It's what I've heard. I haven't seen it either, but I've so heard we, it's really good. We turn on the first part, and they go through a bunch of stuff like you know all the girls when they land in the states and all that stuff you could see anywhere and then they got to the meet where they're sitting in the studio and they're starting to compose songs and it's like pushing 10 o'clock i look over my wife she's got her eyes closed i said we got to go man. <laughs> we don't go now i'm not gonna want to leave so i gotta get disney plus because i gotta watch that so that'll be my streaming thing but reference your netflix thing so in stranger things there's this uh parallel universe and we're through the looking glass and that argument you brought up is the kind of thing i bring up and then you yell at me for excusing the teams uh what's the phrase i'm looking for well in honor of tyler huntley poo poo performance they so poo poo okay <laughs> of course never this is part of they, they so poo poo <laughs> <laughs> y'all can tweet y'all can tweet that <laughs> I think I did. I was sitting right by him y'all when he can, said it. Y'all can tweet that. That he's was got, his charm. He's got the media on his string. He's doing his thing. So, yes, that's what happens when you get really good. You get circled. You take people's best shot. You're the favorite. BYU, it's cool. You won 21 football games in two years. That's a lot of football games to win. You think UAB didn't have it circled? You think they didn't go out on the Internet and find stuff about, oh, they're not excited to be there and get all pumped up? That's part of what happens when you get really good. All the, all the B-minus teams are going to circle you. And the Wizards are not a, a D basketball team. 
They're a classic C plus B minus. When they're totally on, they can be pretty good. But they're 16 and 15 for a reason. Yeah. So people are going to, the Warriors and the Suns are circled. The Warriors have been circled for a long time. Even when they were down, people circled them and wanted to beat them. I mean, they're still not healthy now. So you're right. The Jazz are taking people's best shots. I totally believe that. 100%. But that's just part of trying to get to the top of the mountain and winning a championship. LeBron's been taking people's best shots forever. They're shorthanded. Nobody cares. Everybody wants to beat the Lakers. Beat L.A. They're chanting like they were chanting 30 or 40 years ago. That, it comes you. with the territory. You start getting to the top of the mountain, people want to pull you down. It's fun. The Jazz did it to teams over the years. Actually, it was funny you mentioned this. During the Spurs game, they rolled out the video of uh, Mehmet Kerr getting the putback at the buzzer to win, and he's holding up the finger, we're number one. Well, if you remember that era, actually the Spurs were number one, and the Jazz were number 21. But for one night, it was fun to take the Spurs down. People paid their money. They spent their time in front of the TV. They want their team to win, so Memo celebrated it. But the Jazz weren't going anywhere in that era, and the Spurs were. Right, and that's what they're facing, and they've got to find ways to match that and overcome that because I'm sort of torn because I don't want to make a big deal about it, but yet I don't want to blow it off either. So I'm sort of in... Well, I think that's true. I think that's true because the, the truth is whatever happens in December doesn't automatically tell you what's going to happen in May. Now, the best teams tend to win all year long, and the 82 games gives you a pretty good hint of how the two months of the playoffs are going to go. But it doesn't tell you how they're going to go for sure. And you can win a championship, even though in the second weekend, the, the, or the second round, the play you referenced, Kawhi Leonard crouching in the corner while the ball hops on the rim four times before it decides to go in. Yeah. And they yeah. win the title. You know, and you go, well, they were lucky. Well, every championship team has a little bit of luck along the way, but you also need to make some of your own luck. Right. Yeah, that's... Basketball gods do what they do there. You got to put yourself in a position and take advantage of it. And these other teams now have put themselves in the position to beat the Jazz in Salt Lake, and they've done it. And the Jazz have just got to put down and just say, okay, enough of that. I mean, you're not going to go and win however many home games they've got left. I don't think they're going to go undefeated. But it's just a string of losses here now. If I look at it, the string of losses, and you just named all these teams. And I even forgot about the Indiana one, to tell you the truth. <laughs> See? Uh, I, I did. I, I totally I, I put that off. I, I wasn't even thinking about it. I was thinking about these other ones. But that one's in that ballpark, too. So you've got to get out of there, and you've got to find ways to get this thing done here. You know, at the same time, I can look at it and say, oh, you know, they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. I mean, you'll take that. You'll take that every single time, I think you would. Yes. Uh, what you won't take is losing double-digit leads at home to inferior teams. That's what's bugging people. I agree. Yeah, I don't know how I can argue with that. I love to argue, but I can't and, come up and with And don't that. lose to teams in the bottom third of the league. Because the gap isn't as big from the top of the league to the middle. And if you're a little off, and let's not... Here's one thing we have not mentioned this yet, and it's, it's, we better mention it now because we should have mentioned it earlier. They're not as good when they don't have Mike Conley. He matters. And I know when you miss a guy, someone else is supposed to step up. But we got a trend building here. They're not as good when Mike Conley is in street clothes. It's an issue. They miss him. They're not as good. They're not as elite. 
Well, or you could argue they're not elite, but they're certainly not as elite. Yeah, and but I'm willing to sacrifice now for health later. Hundred percent. I can't guarantee health later. I agree. If you tell me that Conley, however many playoff games they play in, and he's ready to go all of them, and in the meantime you lose some ball games in the regular season because of it, deal with it. Yeah, well, not I smile. Not just, not just deal with it. I, I will I, definitely, yes. I will definitely trade the Wizards now for a playoff game later. Every Jazz fan should sign off yeah. on that. The problem is I don't know that I can guarantee that. Uh, but so far, so good. So he didn't play, whoop-de-doo. Don't really care. I'm looking at the bigger picture. So it's two things here. You've, you've got to look in the, med- in, in the immediacy because that's what's there for you, obviously. That's why it's the immediacy. But at the same time, you've got to look at the bigger picture, too. And so that's what they've got to figure out ways to go about getting themselves where they want to be when the time comes to be there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you can't just keep losing these home games because, as you said, the Grizzlies are only a couple of games behind. It looks like right now, and we're not even to Christmas, obviously, so there's still a long way to go, but it does look like right now that the Suns and the Warriors have set themselves up to have a battle for the best record in the West, which is likely going to be best record in the conference going forward here. And so, Do you I, mean the best record in the NBA? They're going to have the best record in the West, which would likely be the best record in the conference. Yeah, going forward here, you mean it looks NBA. like yeah, yeah, it looks like these guys are for real, right? Oh yeah, Bo- why is anyone teams. doubting that? It's up uh, to the well, Jazz. It's up to the Jazz to elevate and catch up to them. I don't think those two teams. I mean, they've got to lose some games because they're both playing eight hundred ball. Well, they're both surprising me, though. And the Phoenix, I never realized they went to the finals, but I didn't think they'd be this good this year right okay, out of the we're gate. 30, we're 30 games in for the Warriors and 29 for the Suns. It's not a fluke. These teams are both uh, but really I didn't that think, good. But I didn't think the Suns would be this good. I'm with you. But in and, I didn't, and I certainly didn't think the Warriors would be this good. I'm with you. I thought the Warriors would be top four again. I didn't know they'd be number two or one and running away from three and four. The Warriors are three and a half games clear of the Jazz, five and a half games clear of the Grizzlies. In 30 games, they are running away. So it's up to the Jazz to elevate. Because while these guys are human, and I don't think they're going to win 80% of their games when the season's done, because that's 65-66 win territory. Yeah, two teams in the same conference winning that many games? Yeah. That would be a stunner. Right. But it's clear at least one of them is going to win 60 if they both don't. And the Jazz, oh, yeah, are not, yeah, 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 the Jazz are not on a 60-win pace. So it's no. up to the Jazz to elevate. If they're, you know, this, these two teams aren't coming back to you. Maybe one will, but they won't both. Yeah, so it's, I haven't given up best record, but I'm getting closer. Well, the game that should bug everyone is the Spurs. Because you don't win them all. And if you win nine in a row and the Wizards get you when Conley doesn't play... You're 9-1 in the last 10, and you're like, mm, okay. But there was no reason to give up 36 points in the first quarter, and it was completely, completely inexcusable to give up 41 in the third. And if they don't do those things, they beat the Spurs. And if you win 9 out of 10 and the one you lose is without Conley, okay, what are we all wound up about? And Bradley Beal goes for 37. And Bradley yeah. Beal goes off. Right. Yeah, I so understand that. So Conley, they are 0-3 when Conley sits. And they're twenty and six when he plays. I, I think they. I thought they said Locke was saying they were zero and four. Are they zero and four? I'll have to uh, add it up there. Well, we do that little cross talk after. And he the said zero and four. That's what. That's what him and Ron were talking about. Yeah. Well, then that even underscores my point more. I took them at their word. Okay, but I can live with that. 
I can, because the idea is, and they, they can live with it to an extent because they've planned for it, knowing that this is what we're going to sacrifice in the short term for the long-term gain. All right, so if, they're, if they can live with it, I can live with it. Right, as long as he's there, ready to go when it matters most, and that's obviously the postseason. So I get all that. So be it. And I don't think that if he sits out ten games, I don't think they're going to go zero and ten either. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. But you're right, the Spurs game. And the thing that bugged me is, and you you bring up the thirty six and the forty one, mm-hmm. and those are numbers that they're black and white. They're absolute facts. But when the game was in the balance. They couldn't get a stop. I know. They still, that's the thing is that despite making a mess of those two quarters defensively, they could have won the game. But they didn't get a stop in those last three or four minutes. And the possession that should bug you the most, although it never comes down to one possession, and that's why I bring up the first and third quarters, but they got Pirtle to miss a shot and Rudy didn't get the rebound and Pirtle went right back up and got it over Rudy and put it back in. They finally got him to miss a shot. Pirtle. I know. Of all people, it's the Pirtle. former Ute, Jakob Pirtle. Jeez. The guy who led him to the Sweet 16, if I can recall. No. Well, he was on the Sweet 16 team. Yeah. What do you mean, no? I don't think of him as leading them on that team. He was better the it, next year. In height, they, they did. In height, they went. Did. They went like tallest to shortest. I think they had another NBA guy who led them to the Sweet 16. He would be at the front, though. Yeah. The tallest dude, yeah. <laughs> the tallest dude. Hurdle, yeah, that that bugged me. That, I, I just not being able to dig in and get a stop. Man, the Spurs just couldn't miss and that freaking Walker challenging Gobert. Yeah, that was outrageous shot. Right, I know, and that's where stuff happens, and that's why you got to take care of business early in the game, so you don't give him one shot. And then if he throws in, you do everything right, and he throws in something ridiculous, ridiculous over the the best shot blocker in the league, and great. Ridiculous? Ridic- that shot was redunculous. What is it? He was like Lonnie Walker the fifth? Is that what his name the, was? The fourth. Oh, I thought it was his kid. Uh, yeah, good, good on him making that shot, man. I was shocked. Nobody challenges Gobert and wins. Whoever does that, but they did it. There's so many possessions there. And then I didn't like the last possession. I know... Uh, well, the next to last possession, I guess, then. Right. Is it, next to last. I, I, I'm getting, I don't want to say I'm getting tired, but I think they got to come up with something better than Donovan trying to go one on five. Uh, Greg tweets at us, the Jazz issues are lack of wing defense. Atrocious execution in the final seconds of games is pretty fixable. Donovan needs to look to dish after he draws a crowd. Not necessarily. But I'm but okay got, with if he does, if he gets somebody an open shot. It's got to be an option. And right now it doesn't seem like it's an option. It's all or nothing. It seems like I'm an American kid. I grew up in an athletic household where sports was a big deal. Academics are a big deal, too. But sports is a big deal. And so I know this is the way it is. The best player on the team gets the ball and he takes the shot. It almost seems like that's what he's been born and bred to do. And I'm okay with that if it's there. And I want definitely want the ball in his hand. But if there's somebody available and defenses are collapsing big time, LeBron has got no problem giving it up. I was about Jordan's to say. Jordan's got no problem yep. giving it up. Give it up. If, if it's there, it's got to be there. But he is drawing a crowd, so someone's got to be open. You'd think. And the Jazz are very good over the course of the game at doing that, getting someone to draw a crowd and giving the ball up. And Donovan does it. Jordan Clarkson's getting better at doing it. Bogey and Joe Ingles certainly do it. 
And we can go down, oh, Conley, I'm leaving Conley out. I mean, go down the list. There's a, the whole team is built that way. So on the biggest possession of the game, do what you do the whole game and get somebody an open yeah. shot. There's tons of good shooters on this team. And then realize if you do pass it to Royce and he misses it, we're going to be criticizing you for passing it to Royce. Well, we could take a pledge not to do that. <laughs> Isn't that what we – when I say we, I mean the greater we. You can you know? pledge all you want. It's going to happen regardless. <laughs> yes, the fans are going to do it. I guarantee you, if, he, if he's got something and he pulls it back or whatever or he does a pass, he's got a killer arm. There's no doubt about it. I think Joe may not be able to get – get some contact, get some wood, because uh, Mitchell's got a great arm. We've seen that with those passes that he makes there. He had that one the other night, too, and he can really whip that ball. And if he if he does it and Royce misses, we're going to say, why'd you pass the ball to Royce? You know what I mean? Take so. the pledge in, people. <laughs> I pledge allegiance to the Royce and the United States of Donovan. All that means is that we're invested in the fan base's way into it because if they don't care, then that's what you got going. That's worse than them care than then uh, caring and complaining is not caring and not complaining. DJ and PK coming up. We'll give away tickets to see the Jazz and the Hornets tonight. We're giving them away every hour, all day long, on the half hour. We'll give away two tickets next, and we got a lot of fans weighing in with their theory of what is going wrong. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. This is unripe. Guys are doing a hell of a job. And I think about where Utah football is today. And the fact that Utah now is playing Ohio State in the Rose Bowl. And I don't know if I've told you that yet, but that's what's that's what's going on. And I remember back at that time, 35, 36 years ago, where there wasn't even a snowball's chance that Utah would ever go to a Rose Bowl or ever play and compete against the Ohio State Buckeyes. That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kieran. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLSports.com. Guys, Mika Couture wants to help you out this holiday season with a perfect gift. Stop by any location from Ogden to St. George today. Mention Zone 50 and save 50%. Guys, it's a no-brainer. Get in today, save 50%, and get the best gift ever from Minky Couture. It is time to give away tickets to see the Utah Jazz. The Jazz are playing the Charlotte Hornets and Gordon Hayward tonight. Who wants free tickets? Stocking stuffer. Early Christmas gift from the zone to you. Be caller 12 right now. 855-340-ZONE. 855-340-ZONE. If you don't win now, you can win again in an hour. Tickets every hour, on the half hour, all day long, every show, right here on the Zone Sports Network. So I got something for you. What do you got? Is Hayward the biggest thing that we thought at the time was the biggest deal, but turned out to be not that big of a deal? No. There's a better example? Yes. What you got? I brought it up last week. What you got? The biggest thing that we ever made into something, and it was absolutely nothing, and we all sprinted to it and embraced it and groaned. And moaned. Charlie Brewer transferring from Baylor and being the starting quarterback? No, that's not a bad one, though. (laughs) That one was a certain thing. I mean, there's a whole list of these, right? I mean, I don't. And now we're going to have to put them in groups. We're not heaps. Just all the quarterbacks who've committed to local schools who were hyped up and then, eh. I mean, I wasn't even going to go to Jake. I was going to go to a couple guys of the U, never even played a snap. But the biggest thing we ever hyped up that really ultimately did not matter at all and is hilarious in retrospect 
is Alex Smith going into a game against San Diego State. They burned a year of eligibility. What was Mac thinking? How could this happen? And Irvin gets hired, and they go undefeated, and he leaves a year on the table. It wouldn't have mattered at all if he left two on the table. Man, we ran to something for no reason whatsoever. And I don't nobody remember saw running to that. I don't remember that. That was a huge deal. That was a big deal. As he got good, like the, the next year, they're yeah, 10 yeah, and 2, yeah. and oh man, we spent a whole year moaning. Oh, they could have had another year of Alex Smith. Can you believe this? We didn't know he was going to go 12 and 0 and then take off. Yeah, but I actually think the Brandon Doman thing was right there, too. They played him at a receiver yeah. a couple of games, and then they, they didn't have a quarterback where they would have had a quarterback. Right, but that, that was next. something. We talked about that, and that was something. You're right. I know, but I'm talking about the fact that they didn't use they didn't use him mm-hmm. at quarterback. So I, I know I think the Hayward thing is bigger than this because this team was on the precipice, on the cusp, <laughs> if you will, of a childhood dream, and they were about to just explode on the scene as a playoff team. And they had not been in the playoffs for how many years now? Whatever it was at the time, four or five. I can't and as a third guy, complimentary player, he could have been great. Yeah, but we thought he was a, he was an all star that year. I know, and he was a franchise player, man. man. They were offered in the max. Man. You had two. The, the the one guy who's going to save us now thought he was a franchise player. Yep, and that's Ainge. They thought he was a franchise player. They offered him the max, thirty plus million to be the franchise player for Boston. Boston, which has only had about fifty franchise players. <laughs> You know what I mean? I mean, that the legendary franchise that is the Boston Celtics, and he was going to be the next Bird, Havlicek, Cowens, uh, you name List it. List them all. Keep going. The Jones brothers, Bill Russell, blah, 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 blah. Right? And they thought it. And so it was like, oh, we are done. We got a taste of it. We yep. get finally get an all-star. We win a playoff series. And then he leaves. We had a young Paul Pierce. There's Whoa no way us. we're ever going to be able to recover. Uh, until the draft, which already happened. Well, the draft <laughs> was the week before. I know. <laughs> little, little did we all know. That's just incredible. Now, I think the the Gordon Hayward thing is the biggest much to do about nothing. I think we made it a big. Scotty and Hans came in on July fourth and worked that day. I don't know that anybody came in that Saturday night when Alex Smith burned his red shirt because I don't even remember what game he burned his red shirt at San Diego State. It was of course, his that's why I, I knew parents I, there. I knew it was a big deal to you, and that's why it was a big deal to you because it was San Diego State. Yeah. I think that's that, – now we know why you think, and I get it, because it was your team and you thought it was your your city, blah, blah, blah. But nobody was coming in that night to have a special report. Those guys came in on July 4th and had a special show. Now, no. do an Instapol like you used to do. What this else thing we got? Here, this what else Hayward is, thing. What else is the on the list? Thing. Other stuff we hyped up that turned out not to mean a thing. Other stuff on the list. Uh, maybe Gary Anderson going back to Utah State. Second time. Certainly all these quarterbacks coming in, but I've learned we have no idea how these guys are going to pan out. If they pan out at all. So Take off before they pan out. Before, yeah. Before they, can't, they never step into the frying pan. They're gone too early. Yeah. Especially now. 
I mean, they, they don't even get a snap, and they're gone. Utah's had two of them. Right. At least Jake Heaps uh, played some games. You know, two yeah. Utes didn't. Won a bowl game. And Olsen never took a snap either. Nah, that's for, another good one, yeah. For BYU. Uh, although, as I look at that, that was more circumstantial than him taking off. Mm-hmm. You know, because he came in, he committed when they were flying high. Then he comes in and he gets a look inside the program. You're starting, you're playing. No, you're not. Yes, you are. What does the butcher say on Thursday? I mean, these are all things. Now, that's not what, me talking. What does the butcher say? I, I literally had that. I by someone who had been there for years and years said, tell me, we make up a game plan, but we never know what it's going to be because if he goes to the butcher on Thursday and the butcher says, hey, I think you should run this play uh, on Friday, we're running that play. <laughs> <laughs> That's not even the best quote you've got, though. It's not. It's no. a good one, but, you know, walking off the field of the Coliseum, if only we ran the plays we practiced. <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Literally yeah, drew I'm... a play up in the dirt, turned it into a pick six, and barely lost to a loaded USC team. Not the USC team that they beat this year. You know, interim coach, playing out the string, last game of the year. Oh, no, no, that was, no, that was a loaded Cena. USC team, and that yeah. was a close game. It's funny, uh, but I've had over the years on the field walking off a number of things said to me. Because the emotions are still up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And See, all the they... cameras are on Tom Brady, so when he tells a coach on the other sideline to go bleep yourself, which he did last night, it's blown up on the internet today because he's Tom Brady. And then you yeah. ask the guy, like, well, it's football. I think everybody who's in the middle of it knows emotions run high. If I see this dude at a golf tournament in the offseason, we'll have some laughs. But, you know, you're getting shut out and you're losing a game you think you ought to win. And so you're getting people after they lose games they think they ought to win. That's why somebody told you once, put down the headphones. If you're not going to listen to me, I'm not going to talk to you. That's another really good line. That's a very good line. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've had a number of things that I could never work into a story, but I can work into a conversation after the fact, years after the fact, and I'm not going to give them up. But I've had stuff said to me. I mean, I've had I had stuff said to me. Now this was a this was a positive, but stuff uh, from the uh, Vegas thing the other night, a couple of weeks back when they when they won the Pac-12 thing. As you're you're on that field, and I've been around so long, and guys know who I am. They tell me stuff like that, and you're right. It's it's so it doesn't always have to be negative. It could be in the heat of the moment negative, and a lot of times it is. But those are things that you know. You looked at Ben Olson, and then he goes on a mission. And he comes back, and they just promoted a defensive coordinator. I get why Ben said, "Yeah, this is not in my best interest to stay." So he's the exception. The other ones. Uh, they didn't pan out. I, and I actually think Ben would have panned out, but he had a ton of injuries that got in the way of him being able to pan out. Going back to our Jaron, Jaron Hall conversation, too. Yeah. You know, how much of these injuries going to get in the way of him being a really good quarterback? Uh, I, I think they win that bowl game the other day if he's playing, but you know he wasn't playing, so what are you going to do there? He just wasn't healthy enough to go, obviously. No offense to Romney, he's a capable backup, but there's a reason why Hall's the starter. So a lot of things that we get caught up in the moment, and I, th- I, think, I think most of our listeners have learned that recruiting is super important, but don't go nuts on it if you get player XYZ, especially a quarterback. I think they've learned, I think they've matured to know 
And then also, too, with Kyle, if his class is ranked 57th, oh, so my gosh. So what? I know. I so know. what? Yeah. The class rankings are the worst. They just drive me nuts. <laughs> because the to an is, extent, though. Nobody but ever. Look, no, yeah, but if you look at all the top teams, they're always in the top 10. Okay, but chicken and the egg. Alabama's a top team, so they just rank that class one, two, or three every year. Not necessarily, because then you look three years later, and those guys are going to the NFL. I get right. your point. Right? They don't. If know you get a scholarship offer, or you get a scholarship offer from Alabama. Wow, you must be really good. Well, you must be because Nick isn't missing very often. Yeah, but not necessarily. Was that local kid from Conwood went over there to play quarterback and hey, didn't? They bring in they bring in more guys than they can play, so there are always guys who don't work out and don't tra- and don't fit. He doesn't even Nick doesn't bat a hundred percent, but on the group he does really well. But especially a quarterback where everybody didn't get a chance to play. Guys have to quote quarterback. You're yeah. absolutely 100%. They have to watch out. I, yeah, it's just the nature of the biz. I get that, that uh, only one guy is going to play. But I, other positions, too. But at the same time, with Utah, recruiting rankings. In fact, I, I hope they're ranked in the 50s because it makes it that much sweeter as he does his thing year after year. I, we didn't know it at the time. But shouldn't we have held a party when Tavion Thomas decided to come to Utah? <laughs> yes. But see, the thing with these recruiting classes that never gets, never really gets factored in is how do they fit together? Like, you can get a lot of good players, and the next year you get a lot more good players. But if you don't get any good pass rushers and you don't get a good quarterback, you don't have a good team. Well, they had a lot of talent, but you didn't know how to coach him up. Yeah, if you don't have quarterbacks and pass rushers, there's an argument that those are the two most important things on a team. The quarterback, because he touches the ball all the time, and a pass rusher because they're the people most likely to make the quarterback ineffective. Well, what you do is you get a quarterback and you turn him into a pass rusher, well, Paul Kruger. <laughs> that's a good plan. See how that worked out? You won a lot of games on that plan. And if I'm a Utah player and he, Whittingham, tells me, hey, we're going to move you to defense, I hold a party then myself. I say, yes, I'm going to be rich. To the NFL. Because if he moves you to defense, you're probably going to play in the NFL. There's only been 500 examples of those. All right, coming up. Got a lot of feedback to the Jazz. People have uh, very specific theories on what is wrong with the Jazz. And uh, some of them are funny, and some of them are spot on. We will get to that next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer strong play of the weekend. We got a Logan Bonner injury? No, this has got to be game planned for the bowl game. Got to be. So Cooper Lega gets the snap, makes the handoff, wanting to throw. He's throwing deep to DT. And DT has it to the 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Utah State. Cooper Lega, welcome to the game. Welcome to the end zone. There's your Chevy Strong play of the game right there. Know it today, 450 during Unrivaled, and you can win fabulous prizes. All right, we got a lot of feedback rolling in. What is wrong with the Jazz? Back-to-back home losses. They are 10-6 and at home this year. They have lost to the 12th and 14th place teams in the West and the 13th place team in the East at home. I'm not even talking about the loss to the Magic on the road. What is wrong? <laughs> the Jazz have, wa- have lost every game I've watched this year. It's my fault. David Lundberg taking one for the team. And J-Dog says, same. I'm not watching anymore. There it is. Problem Come solved. On. 
You've only watched those games? I can't <laughs> believe that. Uh, I've watched nine games this year, and I'm on nine. No. Uh, so there's some more serious answers in here. Uh, some are still being funny. Uh, who can figure out the Jazz and the Trude at Jim Bentrude says, well, the bad teams. <laughs> They're the ones beating them. They got them figured out. D Drama says, third best record in the NBA. Best point differential. Best record in the NBA last 10 games. Maybe nothing to figure out except it's hard to win in this league. What are your expectations? Uh, my expectations are to beat New Orleans at home. My expectations are to beat the Spurs at home. That's crazy. Other people's expectations are to win the championship. Anything that doesn't look like a championship team is going to bug them. Well, and... In some losses, you haven't looked like a championship team. I get it. In some wins, you, uh, you have. I mean, you win eight in a row. That catches my eye. Because I, I, I do think that's that's where I said a couple segments ago, I'm sort of in a little bit of a gray area on that. Because I do think that you have to step back. You can't always be in the literal moment. Because if you are in the moment all the time, you're probably going to burn out. Because there's so many games. And, I, and and just, I don't know what Quinn Snyder, what is in his mind and what's in his heart. But when I listen to him speak after the game, which is virtually every game, I, I don't think that he's caught up in the moment. He's in the moment while maintaining a broader view. He's, he has the ability to do both. He That's true. He's very Jerry Sloan. He's irritated with the team after they win because you can coach guys hard after they win. And he's supportive after they lose. And I don't know what's going to happen when they play January fill-in-the-blank date, but you can take that stuff to the bank. They lose back-to-back games, and while he acknowledged a bunch of the flaws, he said, remember, this is still the team that won eight in a row. Now, during the eight in a row, he was on them about execution, about some decision-making. There were games where they gave up too many transition points, too many offensive rebounds, and they still won. So he brought up the lack of rebounding and other stuff, you know, transition points, whatever it was. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, But at the same time, it's really hard to win a ton of games in a row in this league. And I know they've lost two in a row. I really agree with you what you said earlier. If they would be 9-1 and one and that one was out without Conley and Beal goes for 37, you sort of tip your cap and say, yeah, okay, that's life in the NBA. I can live with it. But the Spurs loss is one of those things that does get into your skin. 8-2 eight and, t- eight and two in a 10-game stretch is still very good. And they've got plenty of time to, to go, uh, what, uh, if they win five in a row, that's not that big of a deal. So, you know, winning, uh, what would that be, uh, 13? out of 15 would still be very yeah. impressive too. And, and let's face it, here's the thing that's really bugging people is that it's a weird year where we should be looking like, where are the teams that are playing B-plus basketball? we got a couple teams running away at the top and maybe the Jazz and the Nets playing that B-plus and then both leagues. This is really weird. By the time you get down to the fourth, fifth place teams in the conferences, fifth, sixth teams, they're 500. They are just flat out mediocre 30 games into the season. There is no, I mean, the, the Wizards, just the most recent example, they are 16 and 15. That just screams mediocrity, right? The Lakers and Clippers have been holding down the fifth and sixth spots, and it's just really mediocre. 
Now, they've had injuries, so you understand why they're mediocre, but still nonetheless mediocre. So the Jazz haven't played the Sons of the Warriors. So there's no measuring stick against the elite in the league. If your point is true and the Jazz win their next five games, are we five games away from that Warrior game? Did you just give them a win over the Warriors on New Year's night? I did not. I just put that number out there. Right. But if they won, if they went on a winning streak now and beat the Warriors on New Year's night, people will be on fire, and everything that we're saying on December 20th is a massive overreaction. <laughs> oh, man. New Year's night, then? That would be most awesome. We got beating the best team Utah's ever faced in Ohio State, ever. The best team they've ever faced, and they beat them, and then the Jazz beat the Warriors. I want to do sports talk radio on that Monday. <laughs> well, good news, PK. <laughs> you will be. I, I don't know if I'm alive on Sunday, but... Uh, we'll oh, there it is! There. Niners draft, always a useful <laughs> expression. Always go back to the Niners draft. And file this away. It's not for the topic now, but I believe that this Ohio State team is the best team that this, the program of Utah has ever played. File it away. We don't have to hit that now, but I've been thinking about this as I've been checking out Ohio State. Uh, but as far as the Jazz... Um, just go win the next three or four. You know, maybe five is is out. But put together when over twenty game stretch. Try not to have more than six losses. And if that's the case, if you're fourteen and six, I'm okay with it. Well, that's almost a sixty win pace right there. Yeah, I don't so do that. You, you love you'll probably be third in the East. Or third in the West, sorry. Third in the East. Hello. Monday morning. <laughs> I don't even know what side of the country we're on. Yeah, and that's what I was saying earlier. It looks like that uh, those other two teams above you aren't backing up. So third might be the position, which uh, if that's what it is, so be it. You know, so I'm not sure who I'd rather play in that second round, Phoenix or the Warriors. I haven't made that determination. Let's get past the trade deadline for a number of reasons. I think Clay Thompson will be back by then. I heard they were look they were targeting January uh, and see how and then then give him a number of games to see how everything meshes together because you just don't add him to the piece and away you go. Somebody's got to take a lesser role and they've got to figure stuff out. It's been a while since he's been in the lineup, obviously. So give him some time. And Phoenix, uh, boy, if they continue, um, I may not want to face them. I don't know. And then what's old Tra- Trader Danny going to do? You know, what does he want? Uh, and uses his influence to get done uh, because my guess is there's going to be, what, two or three moves in the West that are going to be, all right, that's pretty impressive. Let's see how it goes. And maybe the Jazz are one of those teams, you know, because if Ainge is sitting there watching these games now from an an employee standpoint, it's probably different than he's talked about how he watched all the games, and I suppose he probably knew he was. He going knew. To be. Yeah. Okay. So you're 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 right about that. So maybe he was watching them not just from a stand, fan standpoint, but from an analytical standpoint, from a professional standpoint. Uh, but in, does he get involved in some moves there potentially? Because I think the one thing we can say is I don't think Ryan Smith is just going to take the safe way. I think he's looking to be bold, if it's the right move. And now he's got some professionals there who will advise him uh, that this is the right move. It's bold, but it's the right move. And I think he signs off on if the people that he employs and his advisors in basketball, from the basketball standpoint, tell him make uh, move ABC. I think he does it. DJ and PK, we can get to that. 
next, and we'll do it with Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, coming up right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK, brought to you in part by LHM Chrysler. Join Hans and Scotty Wednesday at LHM Riverdale from noon to 3, 1481 West Riverdale Road in Riverdale. Steve Cleveland, coming up next.